there was a lady that said, well, how come, you know, healings happen in the Bible? How come they don't happen now? Actually, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they happen actually a lot, uh, but they don't make the news uh, and they don't make the newspaper, mm-hmm. you know, th- those kinds of, of things. I mean, I remember uh, as a, how old was I? 24. I was a youth pastor and there was an older gentleman on the staff that everybody loved and he had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those deals where we, uh, he asked, this is out of the book of the James, he asked that we come to his house and anoint him with oil and pray for him that Mm -hmm. he would be healed. And uh, he went back to the doctor and the tumor was gone. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't make the news. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all knew about it. We celebrated it as a church. But I hear stories like that all the time. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Chad, thanks for being here, having a conversation about the ministry of Jesus. We've been looking at the Gospel of Mark and Mark's account, which really is most likely Peter's account of the life of Jesus. We've been talking about it on the weekends, but we've skipped a couple parts of Mark that I want us to talk about here on the podcast. You cool with that? Okay, man. Yeah. Can I can I just say this? Please. This is, since uh, most of our listeners attend our church, your hair looks awesome, dude. Hey, thanks, man. Trying something new. I'm glad you brought it up. You know, It is that... working with a capital... W. Yeah. So Chad looks good. Chad made a comment to me a while back too. He's Are you like, doing that because of my comment? Well, you know, it it plays a, a part. Chad, you actually my whisper becomes a shout. I well, no, I've I've learned to trust you over the years. We've built friendship, and sometimes when you suggest things, I actually take it to heart. And so this is not like, oh, this is Chad's doing. So don't don't take full credit for it. But Chad did mention as I was thinking about, man, maybe I need to change my my hairstyle. He he made a comment of, oh yeah, maybe you should change your hairstyle. <laughs> and it could also be because Chad's been on a journey with his hair. Uh, there's just a lot of uh, of pastors going on a journey after COVID and all that, just re refiguring who are we. Yeah, we're all deeply insecure. And so the only way to to really answer that is by changing our hairstyle apparently. So yeah, I've been yeah. growing it out a little bit on the sides, doing a little more of a fade. Everybody who's it, listening is probably so glad that we're talking about this in the well, first I, couple uh, of minutes. Well, let's just go. No, they, they, yeah, looks good, man. Thanks. I'll take credit for that. looks awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I, in my forties now, so I can't have the young guy haircut for forever, except I did see this really old guy. I wish had, I was in my forties. That had my exact haircut. And there was part of me that was like, all right, there's hope. I could keep that, you know, kind of the mohawk thing, whatever, for forever. Um, but then I also thought, ah, that's a lot to maintain for that long. So I spoke at a men's conference yeah. this past week in Texas. Oh, how'd that go? Uh, it went good. Yeah. But uh, in now, Texas. Now, now, when you do a men's conference, I'm just going to ask you this. Do you approach like, so you teach on the weekends all the time. Yeah. When it's a men's conference, is there certain topics that you're like, you know what? I don't ever talk about this on a weekend, but I'm going to address this in the men's conference. Um, I still teach a lot of the same things, but I'm a lot more edgy, mm-hmm. uh, cause I'm just talking to men. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I kind of lean, uh, into the male side of life and some of our challenges. And I probably say things at a men's conference I would never say on the weekend at Sun Valley. Just because of wisdom. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully it's wisdom. I go a little junior high boy a little bit when I'm at a men's conference. Which, by the way, all, we all, all, men are, yeah, yeah. all men are actually junior high boys. That's just, right. Yeah. Gotten better at, at filtering. But my my hair 
in Texas, humidity and all that, not now I'm being a girl, but uh, somebody said something about my hair and I did my, my joke that I do because Jackson asked me, dad, why are you growing your hair longer? And I said, cause every lion has a mane mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and they all cracked up. They thought that was funny, but then I had to confess, you know, what am I going to say? Cause I'm insecure and this is how I'm dealing with it. Like you're not going to say that. You're just going to say, cause every lion has a, has a mane. But anyway, yeah, man, hair well, looks good. Sorry well, to change the subject. No, it's go. fine. I got done preaching uh, this last weekend and I, I, sometimes I get text messages from people in the church, people that I, I have friendship with or whatever. Yeah. And they'll comment on the message and Hey, this was really helpful or give a little feedback. And I, I had three, three text messages after the message. And one was about my hair and one was about the color of shirt that I chose. And one was like, Hey, that was actually helpful in the message. So it was good to get that third one to know that, <laughs> that at least there, there was some kind of impact happening. You know what? And we're on the podcast and off the rails. <laughs> I'm not making this up. So yesterday I got my hair cut mm-hmm. and, uh, the young lady that cuts my hair goes to Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a hairstylist. Okay. Right? Good and she said, hey, um, would you please tell Robert I love his hair? <laughs> and so, I, all right. That's the fourth comment. Well, I heard name's Brandy. I'm like, Brandy, I, I think I might get credit for that because I may have mentioned that to Robert. She goes, well, just tell him whatever. It looks awesome. So yeah. there you go. That's from the professional. Way to go. Thanks. Uh, 5% credit to Chad, 95% to Lindsay, because I basically do well, whatever you know. Lindsay says when it comes to style and fashion yeah. and hair and all that. A little that, bit of so. reality there. Yep. All right. But hey, thanks for your 5% contribution. All right. So talking about Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the Gospel of Mark. And also, we've said this a couple times on the podcast, Chad and I don't like pre-plan out what we're going to talk about on the podcast. I think we just, everybody just We just go. If you soberingly didn't, <laughs> aware of if that. you didn't believe it before, you believe it now. All right. So in Mark chapter 1, Jesus... Because I, I was talking a couple weeks ago in Mark chapter 2, uh, but we skipped a couple things in, in Mark chapter 1. And it's not that we're, we're skipping it. It's just we're not able to cover everything on the weekend that, that's in the Gospel of Mark. Because even though it's condensed and he's concise, there's still a lot there's there. There's still a lot there. And, and he'll go from one event to another event to another event in just a few verses. And, and we don't have time to unpack all of that. But I do want us to talk about... Early on in his ministry, so he's called the disciples, and, and he's now going kind of public with his his ministry. He starts healing people who are demon-possessed. Mm-hmm. He's teaching as one who has authority. Uh, people are bringing the sick to him, and he's healing the sick. And so you see kind of this picture of authority over truth, authority over the physical world, authority over the spiritual world, and crowds are being drawn to him. Uh, let, let's talk about momentum and, and let's talk about what does that mean for the church as well? Because here we are 2,000 years later, continuing the ministry of Jesus. Why is momentum such an important thing? And why do we do things that might draw in a crowd? Uh, but let's talk about what 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 is happening, um, in your opinion, Chad, as Jesus is launching his ministry, that he goes into the synagogue and demon-possessed guys like, yeah, I'm going to stop teaching and we're going to focus on this over here. Sick people, okay, I'm going to stop teaching and I'm going to heal these sick people over here. Why is Jesus doing that? It's such a insightful good question um yeah so so several reasons right i mean why does jesus heal people well because he loves them Mm -hmm. uh because we live in a broken world and our bodies are broken and one day everything will be made new so Mm -hmm. he's he's given us a little foretaste of that yeah okay so i'm gonna i know this is a big question i'm already interrupting you here but i want to pause because sometimes what you just said, the reason Jesus heals is because he loves us. Sometimes we pray for healing. We don't get that healing. That's right. And then the next question we ask is, does God not love me? Does mm-hmm. Jesus not love me? Why did he heal this person? Why did he not heal me? What, 
I'm asking you, yeah, we went from hair to a really tough question real quick here. Yeah. Um, but what's, what's your thought on that? Yeah. My honest answer is I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why he heals some people and some people he, he does not. Um, there's some things in my life I've asked God to heal, uh, physically about me and he has not, mm-hmm. I still wear glasses. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there are other times where, um, I've been in a place where we're praying for healing for people and he healed one person, but he didn't hear heal some others. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I would say big picture about that. Um, I believe in healing. I believe that uh, God still does that and in through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we pray for healing, um, not everybody gets healed, but some people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we don't pray for healing, nobody gets healed. Mm-hmm. So we might as well pray for healing. Yeah. Right. And then God's going to do what God what God does. I don't know why. Okay. Um, I, I, I heard the, the testimony of, of a man who has a debilitating disease mm-hmm. and he prays for healing for people and they get healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God has not healed him. And he said, look, God is going to heal me, mm-hmm. uh, but he's going to do it in his timing. And it could be that he heals me in this life, or it could be that he heals me in next, mm-hmm. in the next. But he said, I've got healing coming and I trust God. Yeah. And there's a purpose and plan that he has for my life. And uh, it was just so fascinating, right? That God mm-hmm. would, would use him to, to bring healing to somebody else, but not heal his body. So I really don't know the answer to that question. I do know he loves all of us. Yeah. I do know that he's God and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so he sees what I can't see. He knows what I don't know. And so I'm, I'm just going to trust um, that, that, that he knows what's best, but I'm also going to ask him for what I want. That's right. And but there's still going to be weakness. There's still going to be brokenness. There's still going to be sickness on, on this side of heaven. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, uh, miracles are special. Yeah. That that's when God chooses to do something special. That's why it's called a miracle by definition. Mm-hmm. It's not normal. It's unusual. It's yeah. supernatural. Uh, if it happened every day, we wouldn't call it a miracle. We'd call it Tuesday. A Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, you've heard me say that before. So, so, so let me so ask. I, I, I don't know why he does yeah. with some and doesn't with others, but I do know he loves all of us. Mm-hmm. And I do know that uh, it's his will that we ask for healing. Yeah. Yeah. So to ask it a different way, because when we don't receive healing, the question is, well, does God not love me? Why, yeah. why didn't I receive healing? Yeah. Uh, when there is healing, why does God do that? Why, why does God allow in some moments for somebody to be healed of a sickness supernaturally where it's not like, okay, they went to the doctor, got their medicine, whatever. It was, hey, I've been dealing with this chronic issue for forever. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're praying and it's gone. Why does God do that? Why does God allow that? Or why does God intervene in that moment and cause that? Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think he loves all of us. Mm-hmm. And, and let me say this clearly, because, you know, why does he heal some of us? Why mm-hmm. does he not heal? Well, the truth is he's going to heal all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, is he going to do it in our timing and the way we want him to? Mm-hmm. And so the question is not whether or not he's going to heal us. The question is, is he going to do it the way we want him to? Yeah. And sometimes he does it the way we want him to. Uh, why does he do that? Um, I think it's so that people will put their faith in him. Mm-hmm. I think it's to increase our faith. Mm-hmm. I think it's because he's doing something special for that person for a special reason. But I, I think, um, you know, it's a testimony uh, that he's real. Um, what I've I've seen is that there's more healing happening in um, third world kind of countries mm-hmm. than there is in America. Well, why is that? Well, several reasons. Uh, there may not be a missionary there uh, or, or the gospel may not be known. And so I think God is flexing so mm-hmm. people will understand that he's real. Uh, I think people are more open to it, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in our society, we're very self-sufficient. We actually don't pray for healing very much. Mm-hmm. 
Um, some of those kinds of things. Yeah. I, I think one of the reasons we don't experience healings because we don't ask. I, th- I think another reason, it might, n- might not be God's will for us in that moment and that time to be healed. And I think sometimes he does it because he wants to increase our faith mm-hmm. and he wants to give faith mm-hmm. to people that don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. There's this moment in, in the Lord's Prayer when Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And one of the things we pray for is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not just about, you know, streets of gold and great things, but I, I do think there's there's a glimpse of heaven that we get when there's a supernatural healing that takes place. We're, we're getting a little sneak peek of what's to come. And, and I think there's a way that God is, is revealing that to us when we pray for healing and we experience it. He's going, yeah, there's, there's a lot more of that. That's a little bit of heaven on earth in that moment when somebody experiences a physical healing. Uh, but then there's the other side of it too, because we're talking about Jesus also casting out demons and all of that, um, that I think it's easy for us to overlook, especially with our Western, to your point, modern mindset of the fact that Jesus heals everybody spiritually who prays for that and asks for that, um, that is a far greater miracle than him healing us physically. Somebody said, uh, uh, this was so, uh, Katrina and I, my wife and I host Alpha Groups Mm -hmm. in our home. Alpha is, Alpha means beginning. It's for people who are investigating the Christian faith. And uh, and we have of, and we have that launching right now, and groups yeah, have, it, have just launched. So if you're interested in that, um, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, you can go to alpha.sv.cc for more information on that. It's a great place for anybody who's you know maybe questioning Jesus and faith, and and they want a safe place where where they can really wrestle with questions. Um, there was a lady that said, "Well, how come you know healings happen in the Bible? How come they don't happen now? Actually, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they happen actually a lot." Uh, but they don't make the news uh, and they don't make the newspaper, mm-hmm. you know, th- those kinds of, of things. I mean, I remember uh, as a, how old was I? 24. I was a youth pastor and there was an older gentleman on the staff that everybody loved and he had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those deals where we, uh, he asked, this is out of the book of the James, he asked that we come to his house and anoint him with oil and pray for him that mm-hmm. he would be healed. And uh, he went back to the doctor and the tumor was gone. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't make the news. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all knew about it. We celebrated it as a church. But I hear stories like that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of these things that happen in the scriptures, uh, to your point, Jesus is doing it as public as it can possibly be. But the Roman Empire is not writing about it. You know, the people that witnessed it are writing about it. Yep. And so back to the original question, why did he do it? Well, because he loves people mm-hmm. and ultimately he's going to heal everybody. So it's a foretaste of the kingdom of heaven that is at hand in and through the ministry of Jesus that will one day come to full fruition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's that. Uh, second reason, he's letting everybody know he's legit. Yeah. Uh, that he does have authority. He's demonstrating that. That he's the master of molecules. Mm-hmm. He's the master of all physiology and anatomy. The great physician. He's not just nice. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's all powerful. He's God, mm-hmm. right? John calls it, there's seven signs, yeah. right? And the seventh is is the resurrection. So it's because he, he loves people when he's ushering in the kingdom. It's because um, he has all authority. He's letting people know he's the legit Messiah. And then the third reason, to your point a moment ago, is it draws a crowd. Yeah. It, it builds momentum around his ministry, and people want to see that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's why. So people start showing up, and they're bringing the sick. They're bringing those that, that have different disabilities. Uh, they're also like, hey, my nephew, there's something not right with him. And, you know, and, and in our culture, we would go, there must be some kind of, you know, psychiatric thing going on, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. In this culture, they're going, he's got a demon. And yeah. so they're, they're bringing those who are demon-possessed when I don't – 
think we have time to unpack, you know, what's what's spiritual warfare and what's, hey, I need I need a chemical balance. And so I need to take meds for that. But uh, people are bringing those who are demon possessed, those who are sick. And and then there's also people coming just to see, mm-hmm. just to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Just to spectate. Um, there's a couple times that Mark even uses the word like audience. Uh, he, he says there's, you know, the audience was amazed uh, because there's spectators there. Yeah. Well, Jesus had lots of fans. Yeah. Um, and those fans would later put him on the cross. So let's all keep that in mind. Yep. Uh, they would uh, yell, crucify him. Mm-hmm. And so f- fans are fickle. Yeah. Um, and fans are, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. And fans are John chapter six. Hey, you, you, you fed us the five loaves and the fish last night and they wake up the next morning. Where's our breakfast? And mm-hmm. Jesus moves from come and see to follow me. He says, I'll, t- I'll tell you what your breakfast is. It's me. I'm the bread of life. And mm-hmm. they're like, who is this guy? Is this not the son of Mary and Joseph whom we know? Um, There's a line in the sand. And now it's, yeah, the audience gets whittled down to a handful of followers. Yeah. So so there's a difference in being a fan and a follower. And I think I've, I probably said that because uh, we all got to ask ourselves, what am I today? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I a fan or a follower? Mm-hmm. Thus, if he doesn't heal me the way I want him to, mm-hmm. he will ultimately. But if he doesn't right now, am I still a follower? And the answer is yes. Um, there's things in my life that I've wanted him to do and he hasn't done them. Mm-hmm. And my response is, but to who else am I going to go? Yeah. That's has, Peter's response there he has on that. The, yeah, that's right. On he, that that's the end of John 6. Mm-hmm. He, he has the words of eternal life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, followers trust him, whether he does what we want him to or not, because he's God and, and, and we're not. All right. Well, I wanna... but yeah, but he's got an audience. He's got a crowd. There's momentum. Okay. So I want to, we're going to get a little controversial here. Because there, there's sometimes I, I think you already were. Well, we're going to keep going, and All it's right. going to go down a different controversial lane. Uh, I've had conversations with people, and just because Sun Valley's large, they automatically assume a lot of things about our church, and 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 sometimes those conversations they assume negative things, like oh, you guys are just interested in numbers, you're just interested in drawing a crowd or or whatever. Um, there, there's a side to that that we see Jesus doing that in his ministry. There, there's a purposefulness to it. And and I think the motivation matters in that. Um, just because a church is large does not automatically make it bad. And just because a church is small does not automatically make it bad. Um, you you see examples. Or, or of, good. In yeah, sides correct. Of this, yeah. Correct. So, so talk about, because um, we do things sometimes to try and draw in more of a crowd. Sure. Uh, why, why do we do that? Why is that important? Why is that part of the mission of the church? Because people matter to God. Uh, and every one of those numbers is somebody's life that Jesus died for. Um, I can tell you right now that I care less about what people think of me than I ever have in my life. Mm-hmm. I feel less of a need to prove anything than I ever have. Uh, and I want to reach more people than we ever have. Um, I think God in me as the lead pastor, I'll just t- say it. I think God in me has done such a work. Um, hopefully Lord willing, um, it's less about me than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And, and what really drives me crazy about people, oh, if it's big, it's bad. Um, if you, if you think big is bad, you're not going to like heaven very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's, it's a really big church service. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we spiritualize ineffectiveness. Explain that a little bit. Um, well, it, it, it's poverty theology is what it is. If it's poor and broken, it sucks, then that must be of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is just the dumbest thing ever. 
and, and, and the reason is, is because there's so many goofy things in our society. You've had so many big pastors that have fallen, mm-hmm. and so everybody's got a question mark. Yeah. But what we need to do is take our eyes off the pastor, our eyes off of Robert, our eyes off of Chad, whoever, and put our eyes on Jesus. And Jesus said that if we lift him up, he's going to draw all men to him. Mm-hmm. And so when you preach the gospel and you do it in an effective way, there will be a whole lot of fruit. Yeah. Um, and sometimes some of that is, is jealousy. Sometimes is God's gifted somebody a little more than he's gifted somebody else. But, um, man, I, I, I want Sun Valley to be um, as effective as it can be. Mm-hmm. And, and who knows where it's going to go. And I, I um, in the sense of methods and how we do things and, you know, will, will campuses be their own churches in the future? I, I don't know. Maybe. I want to do whatever is effective mm-hmm. uh, at reaching as many people as we, as we possibly can. But Jesus drew crowds for a reason. Yeah. And the reason is he loves people and people matter to him. He was proving that he's the Messiah. Um, he, was, he was building momentum and obviously he's ushering in the kingdom of God. And so people are experiencing healing in that. Yeah, there's there's a there's an intentionality behind it, and, and to your point, because you kind of alluded to this, of course we can find examples in society and in history and go, yeah, but look at that egotistical person or whatever that it was all about them and it was about them building their little kingdom and or that person who because we were talking about healing earlier that they put on this big show of healing and then you find out that oh man it was this you know manipulative corrupt yeah, yeah, corruption yeah. whatever and so now everybody gets lumped into that category because there was this person or this example or multiple examples of that. Everybody in Scripture is a failure without Jesus. Mm-hmm. There, there are no heroes in the Bible other than Jesus. Mm-hmm. God specializes in drawing straight lines with crooked sticks. Yeah. That's what my mentor says. I love that line. He's, I'm going to say it again because it's good. He specializes in drawing straight lines with crooked sticks. God works through broken people because mm-hmm. that's all he has to work with. Yeah. Right, including you and including me and his, his sense of humor, here we are. Yeah. But this idea that um, if the church is big, it's bad, or if the church is big, it's good, or if the church is small, it's bad, or if the church is, sm- is small, it's good, all that is just silliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we've got to measure is faithfulness. Is the gospel being preached? Mm-hmm. Uh, our lives really being changed? Are we becoming more like is, Jesus? If are the we, answer yeah. is yes, I cheer that on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and to your point, if Jesus is the one being elevated, one day you and I are going to be gone. We're not going to be here. And, and the church is going to continue because it's his church. And, and so if we keep the focus on what's going to last, the church is going to continue and grow. And if as followers of Jesus, not just as leaders in the churches, every one of us who's listening is a follower of Jesus. If our life mission is about elevating Jesus and helping other people meet, know, and follow Jesus, that's going to long outlive us. And we're, we are going to celebrate that in heaven for eternity. Mm-hmm. And, and it is going to be a big church service. And I look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, in the next podcast, Mm -hmm. let's talk about uh, casting out demons. Let's have that conversation. All right. We were talking about it a moment ago. Let's let's come back to that. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. And now you know what we're going to talk about next week. So we're going to be talking about casting out demons next week. Um, Thanks for joining us on the podcast. If this is something that you enjoy, maybe other people would enjoy it as well. So would you share that uh, with people that that you think would benefit from, from the conversation? Hair looks good, Robert. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. 
Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.